Welcome, welcome, everyone. Another episode of Sharing My Five Cents. Today on the show, I had the great pleasure to sit down with Dalton. Dalton is a physiotherapist out of Dundas, Ontario. And they recently, they're going to go on one year of having a physical location. So we talked about that progression as a whole, going from a student who had a podcast um, with a buddy, Will. Will, if you're listening to this, keep a good look to your DMs because an invite is going to be sent off very shortly. So um, moving on from that, he went on to a, a practice and now moved to being a business owner himself. And we talked about like how managing all those three uh, different hats of like being uh, a business owner, an athlete, and a physiotherapist. We also touch up on a lot of conversation about communication, the importance of being a good communicator in the rehab space as an athlete and also as a business owner and the importance of having deep, deep conversation about the field and better you are at having conversation. That also means you're better at listening to those conversations. So again, thank you so much, Dalton, for the, for your time. Everyone, if you're not following Dalton, make sure you follow him. So without further ado, thank you, Dalton. I think when you guys started the show throughout the physio school, I think it's amazing, man. Like just two homies having a good time and then trying to record thoughts and get better at the field. Man, I think it's amazing. Yeah, it was... uh... It was a, it was an interesting thing, man. Like we, we always were sitting down and drinking coffee all the time and having these conversations and we're like, why don't we just start recording them? And I think, you know, I was listening to podcasts a lot at that time already. And then Will was just slowly starting to get into them. And we're like, ah, these are pretty cool. seems like a good way that we could get other people to come and talk about stuff that we want to learn about. So it ended up being, you know, as much as it, it was about, you know, creating community and then it kind of built out of that, it was a little bit selfish to start. <laughs> We're just like, Hey, we could probably maybe get a couple of cool people to come on and have a cup of coffee with us and just use like the fact that we're students trying to learn as an excuse to get them to come on. And it kind of just developed from there. So. Man, that's awesome. Cause like selfishly this thing, like this five cent podcast, basically the same thing for me. I'm just like, yeah. and like, having people that did that the same way i think it's really fucking cool because like man you got you got so many cool people on your show like i was listening to your show when i was in school in massage school and i'm like my god man those guys are ahead of the game talking with different leaders in the field like wow this is this is awesome like it's another level too yeah and i mean it was a we were we were obviously learning. And, and again, one of the, the reasons why we started like the podcast and one of the reasons why we started our Instagram page at the time was we just felt like we were missing out on a lot of stuff that was going on in the profession that we weren't learning in school. And we're like, okay, well, how do we kind of help bridge this gap and still enhance our own learning? And that's kind of where the podcast came into play. And just ever since then, we've just been drinking coffee and having conversations. So isn't it like, I think it's a, such a cool art of like understanding and communicating like treatment or techniques or way to approach a treatment and then talk shop about different from business skills to like now actually like you progressing in the field as a leader too, right? Oh man, I, I uh, me and Will talk about this all the time and I, and I credit like the podcast and learning how to interview and learning how to listen um, to so much of the success that I have now with communicating with, with clients. Um, like when you think about meeting a client for the first time and trying to make that connection, like you're just, you're having a conversation and I, and I kind of see it as like a podcast, you know, I'm trying to ask probing questions that are um, open-ended to get information out of them, to lead them to, um, a place where I can then help them, which is similar to a, a podcast interview. At least how I approach it is like, I want to try to tell a story um, based off what this person has going on. And I need to ask questions that brings that story out of them. Um, so it's definitely been a huge impact on, you know, my ability to communicate for sure. Well, man, that's awesome. And I'm so happy. I'm so, so happy to hear like the, the behind the scene of like the, the podcast. Like, I think it's so dope. 
man, but honestly, like the real question over here, because I was listening to your show when I was in massage school and some of the stuff I could just like, I had to put a lot of stuff on hold because I was studying for the test. So like how you guys manage of like interviewing so many leaders in the field, doing stuff different from what the book said and then trying to have an impact or trying to pass the board exam at the same time. Like, are you saying, how do we do that? Yeah. How did you manage that? Like, yeah, I mean, learn the real thing and then also how to like pass an exam. Yeah. It's, um, it's a tough balance. I think, you know, what we started to realize when we were in school was it's like, okay, here's what we need to be able to do to pass our exams. Here's what we need to do to be able to build ourselves and prepare ourselves to pass the board exam what we would kind of just find where that amount of effort was and then put that in. And then everything outside of that, we're like, okay, we're going to consume our own content and kind of take our education into our own hands, which involved like the podcast and reading other things and consuming content. Um, but we just viewed it as like, you know what? We feel like this stuff's actually going to be more important in the long run. And when I say this stuff, I mean, you know, what we're learning outside of school is going to have a bigger impact on us when we leave than actually what um, we were doing in school. And not to say that it was everything. So I don't want to just discredit that because, you know, what we learn in school, there is some value for sure to it. Um, and it still helps me to this day. But there was a lot of stuff where I was like, ah, oh, this is probably not going to benefit me. So I'm going to put more of my efforts towards this. And it was just kind of finding that balance as to, okay, what do I need to do to pass the exam? And then outside of that, it's like, I'm just going to consume the information that I want to consume. Man, oh, nice, man. And it's weird too, right? Like you, you to, to make that or cross that line of like, okay, this is what I need to le learn just to be able to comfortably pass the board exam or just pass yeah. school. And then you're like, oh, but this, this, this is the real deal. I want to need, I, I want to learn more about that. And yeah. it, it just, it's just that weird process of like thinking or understanding what's the best information to consume and how to apply it too. Right. Yeah. And you know, I mean, like, like we've all been through school, it's like, you learn how to take the test. So it was essentially what we were doing was like, as we were going through physio school, like, okay, we, we know the the code to learn what we need to learn to be able to pass it. And that's great. Like we, we just, that's how we chose to do it. And, or I'll speak for myself. That's how I chose to do it. Um, and then that may not have got me 95s in physio school. Right. But I still passed and, and I was able to consume and create this other thing that now look at it. It's my business. It's impacting me greater than what that 78 could have been if I would have put a little bit more effort into it. You know what I mean? So that's kind of how I chose to approach it. I love it, man. When I realized like my first two semesters of massage school, I was like having high nineties, high nineties. And I'm like having a blast. And then at one point I heard the quote from a, a Christmas, a Christmas office party or whatever the movie is. The guy from Silicon Valley, he said like aim for the moon, land on the sun. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> The moon is at 70%. This is the passing grade. I need just get over top of that and whatever is over, it's bonus. Totally. Right? And I'm like, man, talk to me about that evolution of like going to school, working in a clinic and now owning your own business, man. Like <laughs> this is neat, man. From two dudes, like, and I've been following the podcast and like following you guys on social media, two homies talking on the internet, working, working your ass off, making sure you apply and stay credible to the information you're learning to now owning your own spot. Yeah. It's uh, it's still crazy to, to think about it because it really hasn't been that long of a time, like to put like some context around it all. It's like I graduated physio school, me and Will graduated physio school in 2018. Um, and so we originally started our podcast and our Instagram page, I think like a year and a half before that. So we graduated 2018 2018 we go and we still we are still putting out content and still had the page going the podcast going but we were living in two different cities we were working at two different clinics um and i think the transition happened we always kind of knew we wanted to do something more with the the platform that we had built we just didn't know exactly what it was going to be like we thought maybe it would be a physical space we thought maybe it would just stay digital we didn't really know exactly but 
as we started to practice more, more and more in the first like year and a half or so, we just started to realize that, okay, we're not, we don't hate what we're doing. And like, we're really, we are impacting people and we were in good situations, but we're like, Hey, we need to, if we want to put ourselves in a position to work in an environment that we're fulfilled with every single day, it's like, we're going to have to create it. It just wasn't out there. So that's what kind of led to like the next steps. And funny enough, at the same time, as we were having that conversation, um, one of our other business partners who we brought on, um, who's part of the business and has been amazing to our growth. Um, his name's Don. He was working with Will at the time and he kind of approached Will and was like, Hey, you know, I'm thinking about stepping out on my own. Like, what do you think? And Will's like, yeah, I'm down, but I come in a, in a package deal. So that kind of brought us all together. And, you know, we had already had the foundation of like our brand and our vision set um, and, and Dawn aligned with that already. So it just made natural sense to transition, you know, the movement, um, into like our actual physical space and just keep the brand growing and our vision growing. And that's kind of what led us to, to opening the physical space, which we opened just, uh, August of 2020. Um, so crazy time, crazy time to be opening a business, but, uh, you know, it's been, it's been good to this point. So it's, it's, it's crazy to, to see the growth, man. It, it, it's so cool because like you, it's a very organic approach, also, right? Of like building the brand, building the digital space to now actually providing the service on the forefront, face to face. It's it's super cool because like it started from just two. Like I think it's amazing, man. Like I'm a big fan of that because bring it to like not only from a you can look at very superficially or very deep to like just two dudes who want to like selfishly learn more about physios and like the, the field to opening their own space and making a difference or just like, okay, cool. Like uh, start digital, start applying some concepts online, put some content and then like create some level of confidence from that online uh, post to now delivering face-to-face. Yeah. And I mean, we, um, we always had like a big, a big vision of the movement, which is, um, you know, to change the way people view healthcare and on a smaller scale, like to help people take control of their health. And so we always had those two things at the forefront of what drove us to put out content, um, to, to have these conversations on the podcast. And, you know, we kind of, I think part of it too, felt like one little piece was missing. Um, and that was like the physical space. And, you know, if we were sitting here saying, Hey, we think we need to change the way that we approach care and we need to, you know, be focused more on one-on-one high quality, longer sessions. Like we're speaking all of these things. We need to actually like be walking the walk from a physical standpoint. So that's kind of, I think also what pushed us into what we're doing now. Um, and it's just kind of coming at it from, from all angles, right? Like, you know, in this, this small, like in the town that we're at right now in Dundas, it's like, we're working really hard to show people this new approach and have them kind of change their view on healthcare. But on a bigger scale, you know, we're still able to impact people with, with our Instagram following in our, our podcast. So, you know, we're just kind of trying to spread that, that vision as, as wide as we can, you know? That's, that's awesome, man. I, I, I dig it, man. I dig it. So how'd you got into running, man? Like, I love, I love talking about business, but man, like the real thing here, like I love talking about business and growth, but man, let's talk about running a bit. Cause you did some, you put some serious miles under your feet, man. Yeah. Yeah. Running. Well, I, and I would be like, I would be curious to hear your, your story too, because I, I see you lifting really heavy weights, but I also see you, you know, doing some running and stuff. But for me, you know, I used to be a pretty big dude. I was a football player for most of my, my university and like high school career. So I was about 260 pounds when I was playing football. And then, uh, you know, once I left, once I retired and hung up the cleats, I transitioned a little bit and, and, you know, I slowly have been coming down in weight since then, but running more than 10 yards was never, was never something I ever planned on doing. Um, and then you playing? I played, uh, I played DN, D tackle. And then in high school, I played a little bit of offensive line too, but. Really? Oh my God, man. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, I know it's funny. It's definitely those people who don't know me from back then that are like very taken back by that when, when I tell them, but yeah. So 
again, like I was saying, I never ran more than 10 yards. And then it would probably been like, I had run, I'd run a half marathon in 2017, like as one of those things where I was like, okay, I'm just going to do it because I need to say that I did it. I'm going to kind of train for it. I wasn't super prepared. Um, but it was a lot of fun. Like I really enjoyed it. And that was kind of where the seed got planted. And then I strayed away from it for a bit and come back to, you know, the pandemic hits. And at that time, you know, I didn't have access to the gym, didn't have access to equipment. And I was like really down in, in terms of my health and my, in my fitness at that time. And I was like, all right, I got to do something here. So I transitioned into just committing to the running thing. I got a coach was working with a coach and that just kind of led into me prepping to run my first marathon, which I ended up running, you know, not a, not any race or anything like that, but I just ran my own marathon um, in November. And then um, after that, I've, continue to, to run. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to dive into the, the triathlon world. Um, I just need some more variability in my training, man. I can't just be running all the time. So, um, I'm, I'm in the process of trying to learn how to swim and bike. <laughs> sick, man. Like this is man. Okay, man. Like this is unreal. Seeing that progression from <laughs> football player to like running 40 K man, 42.2 K man, 26 miles, man. What? <laughs> 10 yards as a defensive player in football you're like you don't move much like you're just like all right look at this guy and then if he moves tackle him (laughs) wow man Man, that's it like so what was the biggest change like because you put did you play university ball uh i didn't play i didn't play in the cis um i played um i played in the canadian junior football league so that's so essentially how I would like describe it, it's, it's the, it's the guys who are either not smart enough to get into university, but are really good level, high level players and want to still play, or it's guys who are smart enough to get in the university, but aren't necessarily at the level to play at the CIS um, play. So I was just not at the level to start and play at the CIS. So I went and played there. Um, but yeah, it was still high level, man. It was still really competitive and a lot of fun. Man, that must be so cool, man. Just like, that's a, like a sport I would love to like get back into it a bit more. But like, since my job is my hands, I'm like, oh, okay, we just, it's a calculated risk at this point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's all fun. It was like, I learned so much from that sport and it was like some of the best times of my life. And, you know, I, I've, I've made a lot of memories from it, but it's just not, there's no longevity to it, man. Like I can't go out and play football now or play in a pickup football league. Like no one's doing that. So that's kind of what led to like, when I was done, I was like, all right, I need to figure out what, what I'm going to do with my life. Cause I don't have football anymore. So I went through a bunch of stuff, man. I went into, I went heavy into CrossFit and um, did that for a bit. And then, you know, still kind of in that CrossFit-esque type world where I'll do like some mix, mixed modal training. Like I really enjoy that kind of stuff. And then now I'm kind of into that endurance world, obviously, but still strength training on a regular basis for sure. So how do you like, and that's really cool. Cause I want to tie that to like practice on a day-to-day basis. Cause this is such an art from the dropping that high level volume of like training. And then like, can you, and like you have, you touched a different level of training methods, right? So you could apply to a bigger or a broader sp- stroke of like uh, people, right? Because like you're a runner, you're a runner. Now you're diving into triathlon. You'll be able to achieve even more swimmers, football players. Right. You're saying, oh, okay. So you're saying in terms of like transition that into clinical practice. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's helpful, man. Like I, me and Will always joked like, we, we took a dabble approach. We kind of just dabbled in a bunch of different, different sports, different things just to, to get a feel for them. But for sure, I feel like it's been beneficial for me as a clinician to just have some understanding of, of those things. You know, I think biggest and and most important would be just understanding the, the basics of strength and conditioning. Um, I think I've really allowed me to have more success with, um, you know, client interactions because most people that, you know, we're seeing, even if they're not athletes, like they're working in some sort of energy system or they have some kind of goal, whether it be endurance-based, strength-based, power-based. Um, so having that kind of understanding of, of that is super important. And then, yeah, obviously if I have some experience, like, in, in running or in doing some triathlon stuff. And I've like done it myself. I can probably relate a lot more to, to that individual. Um, but 
you know, everyone's experience is going to be a little bit different. So it's not exactly the same, but definitely gives you some, some, some connection and some understanding of like what that individual is, is trying to, to do, to deal with. Yeah. Cause since I've started, like when I started running like last year in this pandemic, like, like same to you, man, I just dabble, dabble into like running a bit. Cause my dad was a big runner. He's like, Oh kid, like let's jump in into the army run in Ottawa. I'm like, okay, dad, let's sign up. Didn't, didn't run a single mile for the whole <laughs> summer showed up. I, th- I think it's like, it was September or October. I just got a tank, t- uh, just a small tank top, short shorts, ready to rock. Decided to hit a PR 10 K and like 51, I believe, if I remember 51 and then forgot I had another like 11 clicks to go. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm not running anymore. Uh, and then l- until last year, when I started running again, my buddy just challenged me to a seven K and I'm like, Oh, took me 55 minutes to do seven kick, seven clicks and transition to like, okay, since I didn't have plates, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to run and try to be a better runner. And understanding that like this running world, it's like, there's so much lateral, lateral thinking you could do from that. Right. I, I, it was the first time I could do one thing for an hour and not think about something else. It was just like, Oh, think about your next step. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of like mental, like mindset kind of, um, gains that you get from it for sure. Like, you know, I haven't done all kinds of sports, but like we, we touched on football, I've played basketball, I've played baseball, you know, um, there's some, like running's like one of those things or any endurance sport is one of those things where it just, it's just you and you have one decision it's to continue going forward and no one else is going to really be able to do it for you. So it, it does build some resilience in terms of like your mindset and, you know, just putting one foot in front of the other or taking that next pedal. Yeah, for sure. I've definitely found that impact. And like, since I, since I started running a bit more and I'm like, I'm not a, I'm 250 pounds. I'm not supposed to be a runner. Like I lift weights and being a running therapist or like a lot of, I've seen, I've been seeing a lot of runners. It doesn't make sense to me. i like, Oh yeah, I'm the running guy. <laughs> As you snatch, like, 200 200 plus pounds over your head yeah i'm like okay i'm a running guy and like a a lifter at the same time doesn't really make sense but man honestly bringing that compassion or that a bit more perspective into running or from running to like the clinic and understanding my client has been such a huge huge help i'm like for for me as a therapist but also i'm sure for clients because they're coming back so i think it's a good thing but (laughs) Totally. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've always been a big fan of like principles versus like methods. Um, so like, you know, understanding the principles of what, you know, requires a tendon to be rehabbed or what requires like a bone related injury to be rehabbed. Like if you understand what the principles are of those, then you can take and layer that into whatever realm that you're, that you're diving into you know whether it be running whether being um and then having that understanding like you're saying like if you've if you're able to have some experience in that sport or that area i think that just adds another layer onto it um but i think people are looking for good quality care um where you understand the actual principles and as long as you're understanding the principles that are like best practices you, you can really do a lot to help people so, like, for your marathon prep, like, I'm very curious, how was, like, that, because you, you you mentioned you're doing strength and conditioning at the same time. How was it, like, your split, like, your your workouts? How was, like, that workout per week? And, like, were you seeing, like, recovery care, or, like, physio, massage, chiropractor, osteo, whatever the clinical stand? Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> the, the thing is, is like about when you dive into a new, a new sport or something like a new skill, I think ignorance sometimes can be a good thing um, and a bad thing. But for me, you know, I was just, I would say I was running, like, I'll just tell you what I'm doing right now. It's like, I'm running, you know, three to four times a week. Um, and then I do like a strength session four four times a week. Um, and then 
outside of that, I'm not like, I am riding the bike a bit. I'm not swimming right now, but in general, I'm, I'm doing like, I'm doing something every day and like three or four days a week. I have two sessions. Like it'll be like a run in a, in a strength session. Um, doing any like recovery type stuff. I don't see like a massage therapist or I don't see like a physio or anything like that. I'm just kind of doing my own training. Um, I'm, I'm eating well, I'm sleeping, like I'm doing th- those kind of things for recovery. Um, you know, I'm stretch, I'm stretching, doing some mobility stuff, but again, not, not a whole lot. Um, but I think it just comes down to like ba- having a good balanced program. And, and that's where like getting a coach came into play for me. So I don't program any of my stuff. I have a coach that does it all for me. Um, and he lays it out. So, which is again, one of the best things that I ever did. Cause you know, he's going to balance it the way that it needs to be balanced so that I'm not overdoing it. Um, and that's honestly, in my opinion, one of the best recovery tools is like having a good program. <laughs> and, and that's fair. Right. Cause like, if you like, like you said, ignorance is bliss. I remember like starting weightlifting and I was doing my own program and man, was it ever such a good program, but at the same time, the worst program ever, because I was coming on Friday on Friday max out day and I was just cooked. <laughs> it's so, it's so easy to be like, ah, you know, I'm just going to go like 90% today, you know, uh, you know, I'm going to do another 90% day, you know, this way, at least when it's laid out, it's just, so much I mean as much as you want to do it you're like I should probably listen to what my coach says yeah and like it's so much easier to just hammer the nails right instead of building building the plans like I I have a program for weightlifting I do my kind of own uh running stuff here and there but like it's I show up to the gym I just gotta hammer the nail every day okay I'm done move on yeah that's a great way of putting it man for sure and and that's something that I didn't do like even like two like year and a half ago, I wasn't doing that, you know, and you know, it, this is like, this has been the best thing that I've ever done. Cause you're right. You just show up, you do the work, you get out, give feedback to the coach. They adjust it if they need to, and you just kind of keep moving forward. So do you work online with your coach? Yep. Yep. So I was working with, um, when I was doing my marathon, I was working with a coach, um, shout out to Chris, herbs out of Boston. He was doing like my running for him. I met him through Instagram world. Um, awesome guy. Great, great at programming, great coach. And then now I'm working with another guy. Um, he's out of Nova Scotia, um, Chandler. He, he does my triathlon programming. So we do it just all online. Um, I just need to get an in-person swim coach. Cause I don't know how to swim, but, <laughs> Man, but such a convenience right like having someone online you could meet for like an hour every week and then all right cool this is what i did today this has got to fix got i'm gonna need to we're gonna need to fix this for the next week's sessions or the next the following day totally man and like the online world just allows you to connect with people that you know you align with and i think that's that's a cool thing uh for for your athlete for the triathlon or just the running like how is like Cause for me, like paying someone for, for coaching at first, I was just like this, like I could do it. I have the knowledge. Am I going to respect the program all the time? No, but having to pay someone, I think it's a commitment, right? I don't know for you, if you feel the same way like, okay, I'm committing that amount of money every month to do this instead of just putting the money to just stay average. For sure, man. I think there's definitely like some, the, a big part of it would be accountability, right? Like if you're putting some skin in the game, like you're going to be, you're going to be holding yourself accountable to it. It's so much easier when, when it's, there is no, you know, money involved for you to just be like, ah, I'll just do this tomorrow or ah, I'll just do it this way. Um, you know, if I'm going to put my trust and, and my money into having a coach, like I'm going to follow through with it. So I think a big part of it for me is accountability. And then two, it's like what I've learned, you know, opening my own business and continuing to just like learn about the, the business world. It's like, you know, if there's something of value out there and there's someone that's putting really good stuff out there, you should actually want to, you know, reward that person. Cause I'm hoping that, you know, if someone's looking for a good, like my service, they're going to want to come to me and, and, and pay for that service. So like, I think it's just a good way to show, you know, your, your, your respects and, and, you know, if someone's putting good effort and good quality stuff out there, they should get paid for it. So. So from like that training and like all this, like accountability from training, do you have someone for like business to to help you out or mentor? 
Um, yeah, like I've had mentors, like just, just like mentors slash friends that I've, that I've had growing up, like big influence was, um, I used to work at a gym in London that they, they're really top quality and they did a really good job of kind of mentoring me from a business standpoint. Um, we, we also, as a, as a business here, we have like, we're part of like a, a mentorship group where we're learning about business and continuing to you know, learn how we can grow our business in the best way to make it valuable and all that stuff. So yeah, we, we definitely have coaches on that, that end too. Nice. Nice. And so like how the, does this transfer or that like from a training, from an athlete concept of like just hammering the nails to go to business and hammering the nails, do you feel a difference between both of them? Or is it like the mm-hmm. same idea or the same ethos per se, of like hammer the nails both ways? Yeah, it's a good question, man. I think for sure, like, I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of parallels to it, no doubt. Like, um, we do our best to, to, to show up and, and, and learn and, you know, we're going to make mistakes and I think we've accepted that. So, you know, we, we work, we work hard, we do our best to, to stay consistent with things. And then we just adjust the plan as it goes. So it is very similar to, to like what you would do in an athletic standpoint. It's like, you have a plan laid out, you do your best to follow it. It's never going to go the way that you want to go. There's always going to be more information. There's going to be failures. Um, you learn from those, you implement them and, and you move forward. So I definitely think there's a lot of parallels to it. I think the one thing that I've noticed from, you know, if you want to separate like training from like the business is like the business thing's harder to turn off. Um, you know, at least with training, it's like, you got to step out of the gym or you got to step out off the, the, the pavement. Whereas, you know, business, it's like, we're so connected now. It's like, you know, you could leave the space, but then you're on the phone and then you're, you're in your email. And so one thing that I definitely have noticed, it's hard to like make that separation, something I'm trying to work on personally, but that would be one thing for sure. So like for the, since the last year, I've been to the realization life is a triangle. So you got like, I got my athletic endeavors, I got my business, and then I got my practice. And if I invest, like athletics, like you said, it's easy to turn on and off. Like it's just always the same effort, always the same goals. It's easy to turn on and off. Practice, I feel like as a massage therapist and trainer, it's easy to, for me again, on and off. But then I got the business then if I want to be a bit more efficient at business or it's just like, okay, it's either all in or all out. Like it, there's no, and I, so what for you, like, how do you like, so for me, I like, I try to manage that triangle every day of like, Hey, separate all the tasks as much as I can, as best as I can. And then move on to the other day. It's a very day-to-day approach to that. But for you, how do you approach like the business or like, that idea of business? Yeah. It's a good question, man. It's constantly evolving. Like I, you know, one, I'm, I'm not even, I'm like not even a year into owning my, owning my own business. So I'm still learning a lot, but you know, I've always, I've always kind of wrestled with this idea of like, you know, people are are always kind of talking about, you know, find, find balance, you know, work-life balance and that kind of stuff. I've kind of fallen towards the side of like, um, there's going to be periods of time where you're going to have to go a lot harder in one area. And the scale is probably going to tip a little bit farther to that area. Uh, You know, so at one point it's going to be really heavy in the business for a period of time where other things might have to, to sacrifice um, a little bit. And then after you go through that, that hard time, you're going to have to recover a little bit. So you're going to have to rest back or pull back from that and feed those other kind of buckets. So I've kind of led towards like this idea of like stress plus rest equals growth. And I think I've, I've read that or learned that from, from someone that I followed, I think, uh, the guys from the growth equation, it's called, they talk about this all the time, but I think there's going to be periods of like stress and hard work and the balance of like work-life balance is probably not going to be there. And then you're going to have to follow that up with periods of rest, um, which will maybe transition to more of like your own personal recovery, focusing more on like the other things outside of the business is, it's kind of how I, I see it in like a big scale. Um, and then in terms of like keeping myself on task, like I, I do this thing called the power list. Um, so it's just like five critical tasks that I need to accomplish in the day. Um, if I complete all five of those things, I check them off as I go, I get a W and the goal is to try to win more days than you lose in the month. 
Um, and again, I didn't create this. I, I took this from another guy that I follow, um, Andy Frisella. So this is all stuff that I'm just learning from other people. So I by no means have created this on my own, but that's definitely how I go about it. Man, like for, for my mom that's going to listen to this and like some of the people, you should say it's all you, man. <laughs> just take all the credit. I mean, everything is like repurposed anyway, but I always, I always do make sure I give credit where credit's due. Cause those people who I mentioned have definitely impacted me a lot. So <laughs> for sure. Right? I think it's so cool that you're able to remember all this. Cause like, man, if I would have seen that, I'd be like, okay, this is mine now. And yeah. then, but not, no, seriously, uh, on a serious, another, another note, I think it's like that like idea of like Mr. Miyagi and like, Ralph Macchio and like John uh, John Lawrence joining together, right? Like some days you got to strike hard, strike first, no mercy, and other day you just got to make sure you wax on, wax off, because you could be at. And because it's so it's fair, I I I like that idea of like stress plus rest equal growth. Because man, some day some days I just I wake up at eight and then. I get to see my my phone. It's like 9, 30, 10 p.m. I'm like, oh, okay. Where where's the date when? Yeah, time flies. Time flies. But other times, I'm like, oh my god, I've been on I've been on the couch for like an hour, five hours, and just like. But it's interesting because like it's big roller coaster of like understanding and managing everything. Yeah. It's a hard thing, man. Like this isn't something that I have figured out and like I fail on it like often. And I actually just touched on this on like my, my personal podcast. And like, there's a conversation I've been having with some people around me. It's like, it's hard to be self-aware enough to know when you actually do need like a break. Like that's something that I've always struggled with. Um, and, and more recently just trying to identify, okay, when am I starting to get to the point where I actually need to take like a weekend to just chill and not think about, you know, things and just do things that are going to fill up my cup um, so that I can then go back and execute at the level that I want to execute. Cause like in the past, you know, I've either one used being tired quote unquote as an excuse to not pursue something that's hard or pursue something that I'm afraid of. But I've also gone down the path of where I've ignored the signs that I need to rest. And it's taken me down this dark path where I just fall off of all my goals and things get so overwhelming that you don't do anything. So it's kind of, it's a tough thing to, to learn. And I think it just takes time um, to develop that as you go. And I guess it just requires you to put yourself in those positions in order to learn that information about yourself. Do you like journal and like self-reflect on those things or because to be to be able to like one year in and like as a business owner and like realize that to that extent? It's- yeah, I think I think this has been a long process, man, outside of just like a business. Like I'm talking like three to five years of just oh, cool. personal growth, personal growth and personal development stuff. But it's been more enhanced now because I have so much going on. Um, but yeah, I definitely I, I used to be way more consistent with journaling, something I'm trying to get back onto, like writing my thoughts down. But some of the biggest reflection pieces for me are having conversations like this, like getting the opportunity to go on other people's podcasts or one thing, like I said, I started my own podcast where I'm interviewing people and like, it's a huge reflection piece for me, like where I talk about these things and I'm like, Oh man, this is, this is what I'm dealing with. And this is what I'm, what I did in the past. So um, it's been, it's been a recent growth for sure, but yeah, reflection super important, man. The, like, so so we, we're talking about like training, business, and practice as a, as a physio for you. Like, do you do even like some type of reflection after your day of like seeing those cases or because like we're, we're doing that in training for, for notes and like feedback to coaches for business in the sense of like, okay, I'm, I'm going all in right now, but I'm going to get a rest at this time. Um, do you do the same thing as a physio for, for yourself? Of like yeah, for- realizing your day, like, okay, I did poorly on this case. I did really like- good on this case. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that's definitely, uh, again, it's, it's more challenging now because I have so many hats that I have to balance, right? Like when you start your own business, like you, you then have to worry about a lot of other things. Um, but I mean, first and foremost for us is like, we need to deliver high level care. Like that is something that we truly, truly believe in. So we definitely take the time to reflect on, on our cases. Like personally, I'll think about them. Like there's often times where, you know, I'll go through my day and I'll, and I'll, 
have something happen, I'll be like, oh, okay, I got to come back to this and like, think about it. Cause you know, it could have went a little bit better. We could, I could have maybe educated this point a little bit better. So I'll, I'll, I'll reflect on that. And then I think a big part of it is just like our team here, like myself, Will and, and Don, like we talk about stuff often like cases and, and, you know, if we have thoughts around a particular person that we're working with, like we'll bounce those ideas off each other, um, which just kind of keeps us accountable and, and how we do things. So I think those two things in combination are definitely how like I will reflect from a clinical standpoint. And then it just kind of depends on what's going on or who I'm seeing. Like a lot lately I've been looking into like bone stress injuries because like I'm working with someone who has like a bone stress injury and, you know, starting to see more runners. So starting to learn how to like identify those things and how to manage them. So that's another thing that kind of drives my clinical learning is like, what are we seeing? What's going on? Um, so yeah, it's important too. Nice, man. It's cool because it, it challenges your biases, right? Because you're going to go in into treatment with someone and you're like, okay, this is what I did. And then you have a reflection with the team after and you're like, oh, but if you think about this and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's good, man. It's how you learn, right? It's how you learn. It's how you grow. And yeah. I think, you know, one thing that I've always tried to preach to, you know, newer clinicians or newer coaches, it's like, you know, just trying to get over the fear or the the ego of like being wrong. It's like, it's okay. You're going to be wrong. You're going to make mistakes. It's like, what are you going to take from that? So that the next time you go out there and, and work with someone, you can apply that. Nice. Um, Cause for sure. It's, I think it's kind of, when I, I, I think like it's a, uh, well, for me, it was like a lot of like with the schooling, like you had to get to the proper clinical impression or with all the tests, you got to get to the right answer. And now the first rule in the field, it's like, don't be afraid to be wrong. It just like, it gets lost in translation, right? It's a good point because we can't always just be wrong, you know, because <laughs> like, I wouldn't want to go be going into like a clinic or going in to see a healthcare provider who's like, yeah, you know, I'm usually wrong, <laughs> but um, it's a fine balance, right? I think, I think it's definitely making sure that we're competent, like we're competent in our skills and our knowledge around, you know, pain, around anatomy, around health, around strength conditioning. And then like, there's always so much information out there that you can learn to layer into that. And I think that's where that being wrong thing, you know, applies and just being open to knowing like that if you said something or you were taking an approach that now no longer is the the best evidence-based way to go about doing it. It's like, you just have to be like, you know, open enough to be like, yo, I messed up or, you know, this was something I did before. And, and then you just update your understanding and, and you move forward. Right. So that's kind of what I mean, I guess, about being okay with, with being wrong and not knowing everything. Cause it's impossible, but definitely important to be competent. <laughs> well, like that's the one thing I've been approaching lately, this, especially this year, be like approaching treatment with a new patient. I'm like, Hey, am I going to be wrong pretty more, more often than I'm going to be right but we're going to always drive this bus to the final destination. That's like, because yeah. like at the end of the day, I'm a strong believer, like stronger you are, more resilient to injury you are. So I'm going to drive the boat of like empowerment and like movement based therapy to an extent of like, Hey, well, you got to still move. Cause I, I'm not going to do all the work for you. Totally. Yeah. And so like that's, eh. and oftentimes like, I think I got like, it's an approach that a lot of clients have been uh, approving and appreciating a bit more because like they're like, okay, well, at least this guy, like he's on my team and he's going to do everything best and challenging his biases all the time to like get to the right thing, even though he's probably not going to be wrong, uh, probably not going to be right at first. But like as we grow together as a therapeutic relationship, things going to be brighter and brighter. For sure, man. I'm always, I'm always telling, like trying to help people understand that, that these things are uncertain. It's like, we don't have, if there's someone who tells you they had, they have all the answers and they know exactly what's going on and they know exactly everything and how it's going to respond. Like I would turn and walk out because I just don't believe that that's, that's true. It's like, there's so many uncertainties on how an individual is going to respond to things that there's no way we can be certain about it. But what we're going to do is we're just going to make sure that we're in good communication and take all that information in so that we can adjust the plan accordingly. It's like, if we, we just take that info and apply it, um, you know, maybe at first we thought it was one thing or we're heading in one direction, but now we're kind of transitioning a little bit on another path 
doesn't mean what we did before was useless. It's just now new information that we're going to use to apply it. And I agree. I think at the center of that is always, always empowerment um, to the individual um, because we want to give them the tools and the understanding on how they can control these things. Man, it's so funny because like, I got to tell this story. Uh, first, like, I think it was like the consent exam in massage school. I think it's the first exam. Got to remember that whole spiel. And I, <laughs> like, I don't know if you guys had it. You guys had it? Yeah, we had to do stuff like that. Okay. I forgot the word empowerment. And like, I forgot to empower my client to the treatment. And now today, my practice is only based on empowerment. I think it's... <laughs> That's funny. Because <laughs> like, as I grow into this field, it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to be the one doing all, all the work for the client. Like the client, the client still needs to require enough, some enough independence to understand what's going on and like try to like trial and error. What's your thoughts of like someone comes to you from whatever background and then they're like, Oh, my other person gave me this diagnostics. Like, and then, Oh, I can't do this. Can't do that. What's your thought process? Yeah, it's a tough thing, man. Like that's part of, I feel like that's exactly like a lot of what we do on a daily basis. Right. I think, you know, people unfortunately sometimes get misinformation or they get told a particular thing, which I don't think is, you know, anyone else trying to do harm to that individual by any means, but I think it's just, you know, something that does happen. And my, my best approach, like there's so much that goes into that, but my best approach is always just trying to meet the person where they're at listen to them, understand where they're coming from and how they're viewing their situation. And then I do my best if I don't agree with what they've been told or what they've been diagnosed with, if I don't agree with that or think it's necessarily right, I'm not going to just blow that view up to that person the first time I meet them. It's like, I'm going to listen and try to really understand how they view the situation. And then from there, try to figure out how I can layer in what my approach is or how I want to view this so that they can start to, to understand, you know, why maybe it's not what they were told before. And that just comes back into that idea of like being able to communicate and ask good questions and listen and, and all that stuff. Because if you were to just come in and just be like, Nope, that's not true. That's wrong. You don't have this diagnosis. Like, and I've been there, like I've done that. People are, people are not going to respond well. And you're probably going to lose out on, on working with that individual. So there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of nuance to those situations. And what's a, cause like I, I, same thing happened to me. Like uh, recently I had a case coming in and like, like the, the patient came in and like diagnostics, like the medication list of like diagnosis. And I was just like, okay, probably not. Let's not do an assessment over here. Let's just go on with treatment the way it's already done. And then we're just going to try to see, can you move on one leg? And are you like, let's assess stability instead, instead of going all through those orthopedic testing. Cause that's a big thing, right? Like if you're already the client comes and, and that's what something I struggle with. So like, I'm, a, I really want to like pick your brain on this. Cause like you got all that like list of like diagnosis, like how can you approach the, this bias of, or challenge that client to like, okay, let's see the other side of the coin instead of like only buying into this like Kool-Aid. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I said, again, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough thing. And I think it just comes down to like really trying to understand where they're coming from and then using your, like your approach. Like I question people a lot. Like I'll ask them like, well, what do you think? Like, why do you think that like, because you have, you know, some degeneration in your knee, that means that you can't run again? Or like, does that make sense to you? Or what's your thoughts on it? And I just start to really like, ask them questions to get where their view of their experience is so that then I can try and either reinforce like, hey, I think that that makes sense. Because sometimes people are smart. And they're like, well, that doesn't really make sense to me. Like, I don't get why I can't run because I have some degeneration in my knee. It's like, I'm still like, like, sometimes they'll surprise you with an answer. And you'll be like, yeah, I actually do agree with that. And then I'll be like, well, would you like to hear a little bit more about how I would approach the situation? Right. And then you're just asking them the permission to kind of dive into those beliefs, instead of just, just going down and attacking those beliefs without really having them like them wanting to even hear from you, you know, like that's one way that I'll do it. And then once you can kind of 
get that like string going a little bit, you can just kind of pull on that thread by, you know, reinforcing things through ex some exercises, right. Or some, some movements and just be like, you know, why don't we just start by like trying this and then people start to try it. And if they see a little bit of improvement, you're like, okay, cool. Like, do you see how this would, this movement and this load and this exercise would make sense to like building up your tolerance to be able to run, even though you do have some degeneration in your knee. And then most of the time people be like, oh, this, this makes sense. And then you can kind of just start to slowly, you know, go down that, 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 um, that educational side of things by like, planting seeds like that, instead of just completely blowing up the, the situation and being like, this person was wrong and you can do this and you should be doing this, you know, instead of dropping bobs, you're just planting the seed like interstellar, man. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. Like, it's not, this is not easy. It's like the, um, a lot of times, you know, when, when I reflect back on um, scenarios that didn't go well for me, it's because of that piece, not, being successful. It's like, I didn't do a good enough job personally of understanding where this person was at, asking them the right questions, um, taking them in the right direction to allow them to understand where I'm coming from. Now, is that always going to be my fault? No, I think some people just aren't ready to accept it sometimes. And maybe they're not interested in taking that approach. And that's totally fine. But I always really try to reflect towards myself first and be like, Hey, what could I have done better to actually have this client understand? Um, because a lot of times when you don't have success with outcomes or you don't have success with clients, it's because those expectations are just not on the same page. Yeah. Do, you, do you talk a lot in like in with analogies with clients just to make sure they're able to understand a bit more, like a lot of metaphors? I, I try, I try. It's something that I'm doing uh, doing more of now. Um, Will, Will's really good at that. So I try to like play off, off his, but yeah, I definitely have a couple that I would like to go to because most people, again, need to understand the principles of like pain, progressive overload, tolerance, like all these kind of things. So, you know, we do have some go-tos that we like to use. Uh, we have whiteboards in like all of our rooms and in oh, like our gym. So like, we'll try and like, I mean, I'm a terrible, terrible artist, <laughs> but I'll try and like draw things out and like make it visual because people really tend to learn that way. Like no one's really going to hear everything you say. So if you write things out and explain it that way, it's really good to reinforce those things. So that's some of the ways that, that we like to, to do that. That's awesome, man. Like especially like as like passionate about fitness and strength and like rehab, like you, we're talking so, I don't know for you, but I'm, I'm, I get stuck some once in a while, like talking so fast that a client like in headlights was like, okay, we back it up over here, homie. And like, I, that was the, one of the first thing I set up in my office was like a whiteboard. I was just like, I got to put a whiteboard there. Cause I'm, I'm a very, I'm a bad drawer. I I'm a terrible artist, but I could do a really good stick. Man. Let's just say that. that's all you need, bro. As long as you got a good <laughs> stick, man. And, um, but it, it's like a, a visual concept, right? I think it's something I, I was kind of sad. We didn't learn in school about the application of other methods to teach our clients uh, through like uh, visuals. Cause like 80% of our day is based on visuals, especially now, like this is an exception, but we're all on screens every day. So like making sure someone can get a concept from a visual cue instead of like me saying words, I think speaks way more volume to someone than like just, okay, cool. Do this, sit in 90, 90 position. And then you're, they go back home and like, what's a 90, 90 position. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm with you, man. I think, um, I think I've been there before where people are like, you can tell when you're starting to lose clients, when you just see their eyes start to change and you're like, all right, bro, you got to calm it down. Like you're just going off the rails. Um, one thing that I've tried to do again, this is all work in progress, but talk less, ask more questions, have them be talking most of the time. Um, and, and I like to use the whiteboard or other things to reinforce like what they're telling me. So like, I'll ask them like questions about things and then they'll verbalize things and then I'll put them on the board to try to like show them what they're saying or what they're working through. And again, just trying to have them come to the discovery of the idea as opposed to me teach it or talk it at them um, is something that I've found to be, and, and I think this is, you know, backed by research and communication. It's like, um, it's a, a more effective way of, of having people understand things.
and and it's cool because like it's like we we do a lot of reflection and say a lot of feedback out loud and i'm sure in our own brains at once in a while when we're driving around or walking around but then a client just us at just you asking the right question the client and just like light light the switch in their brain and be like oh this doesn't really make sense because like you're just asking the right question instead of like putting or like creating a dictatorship in the treatment room because go ahead sorry no, I was going to say definitely, man. I think some of the most like light bulb switch profound moments that I've had with clients is when like, I finally asked them the right question and, you know, and they come to this, like I could have said a million things that was like on point, most clear, concise way of doing it. And then you ask them like one question and then it just like flips the switch and you're like, cool. That's awesome. Do you think like, I don't want to take more of your time. Uh, I try to keep those podcasts around an hour ball, uh, ballpark. Um, but do you think, do you feel like more, if you, if you have like your own show, the the podcast with the, the Will, um, do you think more you have podcasts in a week, better you are as a, ther- uh, as a therapist uh, and a business owner? Um, I wouldn't say necessarily like that those things correlate. Um, but again, for me, the podcasting has been, a great way to learn how to listen more. Most importantly, it's like, I need to listen to people's answers so that I can ask them. And, you know, the question that's going to continue to pull that story out of them, like I was saying. So it's made me much better listener, a much better question asker. Um, and, and that's huge when it comes, like I said, to, to rehab, you know, like we just spent the last 15, 20 minutes talking about, you know, how do I approach these situations? Like, I always responded with asking questions. So it's like, it's really helped me from, from that standpoint, from a business standpoint, I think, you know, it's, it's just helped me become more comfortable with conversation. It's not something that I'm entirely comfortable with or was in the past. It's like, now I feel pretty confident that I could go into most situations and be able to hold my own in a conversation. Um, and at least, learn how I can like probe into people more, like, again, asking questions to try to understand a person that I'm meeting from a business standpoint is super helpful to building that relationship. So I would definitely say those skills that you, that I've gained from podcasting translates over to helping me in those things. Is there a correlation to like the success? I don't think I could really say that, but personally, it's been a huge um, thing for me. It's like, man, I was, uh, like when I messaged you to like get on the show to, to have a podcast with me, man, I was like nervous just typing it. And like, and as I could see, like I've gotten more calm and a bit more having better question to ask you throughout the show. Cause it's, it's impressive to see, like get in a room with someone that's like a bit older or a bit more experienced and like doing this thing uh, for a longer period of time. And like, it's been truly an honor for me to sit down with you for the last 50 minutes to like pick your brain on the different stuff, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. That, uh, dude, I'm, I'm still like, so blown away by like any feedback or any like things that I get from people when it comes to whether it's like having me on the podcast or like people writing about like, Hey, I listened to you, like your podcast and like got that took this away from it. It's like, man, I'm still that same person that started the PT coffee cast like three and a half years ago, just two dudes drinking coffee, um, trying to figure this whole thing out. So, um, I appreciate it, man. And, and you know what, like in terms of interviewing, like this was great, free flowing, good stuff. Um, it'll, it'll get better, man. You know, I've done a lot of episodes, like you'll just get more comfortable with, with knowing how to to make questions and fill, fill the space. If you forget what you're going to say, just make shit up and then just keep rolling with it. You know, <laughs> hey man, the amount of time I make shit up on a day-to-day basis, I'm a pro at this having that recorded on a different, it's a different thing. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's out there for the world, man. Yeah. Now like people's going to see this and like, Oh God, there was just a spitball moment for one point. Um, last on the way out, man, like, have you, uh, like what's your thoughts on like or your five cents on like uh online continuing education do you mean from like me consuming it or like like just in general about like online continuing education uh just in general because like i think for me i think it's, it's very convenient there's a big conveniency to it um unfortunately is there the practical application into it Mm. And that's the yeah. Thing I'm wrestling with. Yeah. 
Um, I'm a, I'm all about it in the sense of like, I think the best thing that the internet and like moving to this online space has done is it breaks down the barriers of you um, consuming the information from the people that you want to learn from. So never, you know, I example, I recently within the last year took a, a course put on by Chris Johnson, who's a big in running rehab called like tendons, tendons, bone, stress injuries, whatever. It was all about that. And I would have never been able to most likely take his course in person because he's out in Seattle. Um, and I was able to take that course virtually and consume all that knowledge. Now, would it have been better if we were out there in person? For sure. I think he would even agree that he'd probably rather do it in person. But I think the ability for me to now be able to take that course without actually having to go there um, is super valuable. So I think from that standpoint, I think it's, it's amazing to be able to have the opportunity to, to learn that information from, from people. Oh, for sure. Right. And I think it's, it's, it's an evolving process. And I think we're like provider is going to be better and better as time progress for, for the online space for continuing education. Yeah. And I mean, it depends on the thing, right? Like if you're taking a course where you're trying to learn some new, you know, hands-on technique, for your, for your practice, it's like probably going to be better if it's done in person. You know what I mean? Like it's hard to get that feedback and, and go through those things virtually. Like you could probably still do it, but it definitely wouldn't be as beneficial. One, one of my thoughts about that was just like the fact of like probably the hands, because since communication is such a big art and like such a, has a big place in our day-to-day activity now, especially from moving from the online space, I think, communication or like hands-on core is going to start slowly move away and trying to provide better communication for our patients. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would agree. Cause for your course of like that, that, the the running course intended strength, like you you can learn all the information, it's valuable information and then go apply it and communicate that message to your patients speaks way more at a higher frequency than, uh, than just being, on the spot live and like yeah practically it would be better but yeah it depends on the information right like i would i from speaking for myself from a practice standpoint it's like i don't do a whole lot of hands-on stuff like a lot of what i do is around education like we just talked about understanding principles applying those things guiding people through that so it's like i don't necessarily need to do a hands-on or in-person course if it's not going to be like what I'm trying to learn now, example for you, you know, if you're trying to learn new techniques or whatever that you're going to use as a massage therapist, then you probably want to get some of that feedback as to like, Hey, is this, you know, the way to do things. Right. And I think there's other people out there that would probably want, want the same. Right. But. No, but I, I like for me, like as soon as like, uh, I, I, I was, a I I was contemplating a course, a life course, like hands-on. But as like I started progress and doing a bit more podcast, the, the thing was like communication and like being able to communicate better information to client. Cause I could do a technique for 20, 35 minutes to someone, but as soon as they leave the door, they're out of here. So they gotta be, so I'm moving more to like the online space and like education of like better communication, the information instead of like the hands-on technique per se. I think that's cool, man. I think it's, it's, it's interesting to hear that, right? Like when you think of a massage therapist, like from like what people expect from a massage therapist and what the profession is built on, it is built on using your hands. Right. But I think it's cool. Like that you're starting to dabble into these other things that are, are going to allow you to have better outcomes with your clients. Like I've always been on the side of things. It's like, it doesn't necessarily matter whether you're seeing a physio, a chiro, a massage therapist. It's like, what's their narratives, what's their education. And like, what are they telling you to do? Like each one of those people could from each profession could give crappy advice or do crappy care. And, you know, there's also the vice versa is like, you could give just as good care from an exercise standpoint with your knowledge, your education, your communication that I could as a physio, you know what I mean? So it's, it's all kind of smushed into the same thing. It, hundred percent, hundred percent. And I think the different factor, and that's like my pure bias, it's like get people moving and communicate why they should move better. That's like my big thing of like, as a massage therapist, and it's weird to say, right? Like I, like more hands-on did I do? I know I, like if I'm hands-on too much, I know I did too much of a good job. 
like sound sounds like you're transitioning into more of just a coach man oh man that's uh that's the idea uh, i love I it uh one thing that stroked me like stroke home so much to me was like i was listening to the uh, rx radio with jordan shallow and jordan genta yeah and then he was saying like my diploma is because uh, he's a chiropractor he was saying like my diploma offers me the option of crack when not to crack someone's back and then i was just like this is so true i could massage someone and like be give the, them the best massage but it's like when to not give them a massage and pass time in front of the whiteboard and communicate information the most yeah man that's cool that's a cool uh it's a cool thing to 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 hear you say and i think it's powerful man so we'll see we'll see how that thing goes <laughs> but man thank you so much dude thank you so much man when all this pandemic uh thing ends man i want to make a trip down to Dundas and then uh, get a run in with you man for sure let's let's make that happen man no doubt so where can people find you we'll do that like podcast uh end of like for everyone <laughs> Yeah. So all, uh, so if you guys want to follow along with like our, our business page, it's at the MVMT PTs on Instagram. Um, we also have the PT coffee cast, which is what we've talked about mostly during this, this episode. So you guys can get that on all podcasting platforms. Um, my personal Instagram is dlano.93. So I'll post some content there just about myself, about what I'm going through. A lot of this kind of business development kind of thing we chatted about. And then I also have my own personal podcast called the weekly D show. So you guys can check that out if you want. Um, But yeah, man, I appreciate you having me on and taking the time and this has been a fun conversation. So 